Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cantina MX Football Podcast. And then there were four. Liga has taken a wicked turn, some upsets, some controversy, but overall, 100% entertainment. Tonight, we're going to be going over the quarterfinals of Liga. And if we have time, we'll dabble into other things, but let's get right into it. Joel, how are we doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, I finally got to listen to Pelaya's presser when he confirmed Buse for a year. And so I'm glad with what I heard. Yeah. As for Liguilla, as for Liguilla, Jaime. Oh man, I was wrong on Ame. I expected, you know, I was, I was calling them finalists, so I might have jinxed them. Uh, yeah. In fact, I have a public announcement for those that uh, still don't know. Maybe their internet went down, but let me let me play this real quick. <laughs> Se les informa que el América. Chingó a su madre. Repito, chingó a su madre. That was like the stadium announcement. <laughs> almost at halftime. Uh. Um, we'll we'll start with like uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll talk about the the decision that Pelas and the front office have made as far as keeping Buse. But let's just start at the begin at the end with America and Pachuca. One interesting fact out of all of these matches, the first leg in La Ida, all the lower seeded teams won that match. Pachuca at Hidalgo beat America 3-1. Uh, so kind of like a psychological advantage there. And, you know keeping America with just one away goal, which ended up being the deciding factor in this because in the return leg in El Azteca, uh, Pachuca scored two away goals. They ended up losing the match 4-2. But because of the away goal rule, they advanced to the next round. Yeah, and you know, we we talked about this in the chat, and I have to agree with uh, Brother Ron here. Where I, I would I would prefer it that the the if it's a draw match that the highest seeded team would advance. Uh, I get it why they do the gold stuff, but I, I think it would mean more for the regular season if you had, you know, if if you had that that perk. Yeah, because if you really look at this, and well, there's another match that comes into mind that's kind of scary, but. You look at the standings, the overall standings. You played 17 games. Pachuca had 23 points. Meanwhile, America ended in second place with 38 points. We're talking about a 15-point gap between them. And where's the where's the advantage? Where where is the uh, the benefit of doing so well in regular league? If when it comes to the elimination, you know, you're gonna get eliminated. Because of the away goal, I don't agree with yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I know it. They do it to make it more exciting, and and I would agree. It does make a lot of the games, but at the same time, uh, 
you want to start rewarding those teams that that throughout the season are are you know the better performers. And I believe we've had a Cheeky is joining us tonight as well. I think he joined the room. Yeah, How we doing over there? I doing good. Hey, I don't. I think I think you're talking about Cheeky exactly. Disappeared. Huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, I think you're talking about what I was. Uh, what I've been thinking about <clears throat> these past days. Like never before. I mean, I've always thought that Nigiya was just like uh, not ideal. But after these games, man, I think even more they should get rid of this stuff. Oh. Because all of a sudden you're getting all the like how many Repichacha teams are in this thing now? Like you had Atlas, you had Puebla, you had Hey, Puebla well, in third, bro. Give them some respect to the Camote Power. Okay. <laughs> but like you have all these you have, you have you have all these lower tier teams on the table, on the general table, all of a sudden bust in and get their opportunity to win. Where you yes, have sir. a Cruz Azul and you have these top America teams that are like throughout consistently throughout the tournament have done well and that yeah, to and me is of more value than like a one team who, who at the end of the season all of a sudden goes on a spurt and then knocks these guys out you know yeah and, and in this case they didn't really beat them you know it was a draw so that that yeah. has to hurt a bit more uh but yeah it's it's basically Liguilla becomes a separate tournament so i always been for might as well just just uh, crown the regular season the league champion and then the Liguilla like the, the teams that qualify to Liguilla that could be treated as like the the cup you know the the, the Copa Mexico and, and they would I think it would still be exciting um, yeah and that's the thing that's uh, uh, unfortunately has not been reinstated Copa Mexico's, uh where for some reason it's on hiatus hey, Copa Mexico and oh, uh, it, man. and uh but didn't wasn't it a copa por mexico no that was like a friendly that was just like a friendly like tournament to you know because of covid and everybody was on hiatus for so long they decided you know not just to go straight into a regular season they wanted to have like a little mini tournament to get teams back into like rhythm so they did a copa por mexico but the copa mekis the ones where the second division teams are invited to uh, has been postponed, you know, for a year now. So, you know, we don't have like a knockout cup where it doesn't really matter how you're doing in league. Anybody can go in there and win it if you get on a good streak. And uh, I agree, you know, we should not be rewarding uh, inconsistency and, and mediocrity. You know, we should not be rewarding them uh, with Ligia. You know, I don't agree that 12 teams ha- should have the opportunity at the end of 17 games to have a chance to win silverware. I think they should cut it off at four. It should just be straight up semis. Um, yeah. Expanding it to eight was like, okay, you know, and, but now expanding it to 12, it's, you know, it's, and, and unfortunately some teams have paid the price. I mean, we look at Toluca, uh, we'll get to them in a second, but they had Cruz Azul on the ropes and the, the gap between the teams in terms of points in regular season was almost 20, almost double. But they had Cruzul on the ropes, and they almost won. So with America, they were in a hole very, very quickly into that match uh, because Pachuca were the first ones to score. So right off the bat, five minutes in, 
all of a sudden, you know, the global is is 4-1 and you have to score uh, three goals. If it would have stayed with Pachuca just scoring one goal and America would have scored three and the global is 4-4, America would have progressed. Um, But because Pachuca scored a second goal, all of a sudden, because they have scored more away goals, now they have the advantage. And America, you know, it was just crazy. It was a crazy game, very entertaining, controversial penalty call on both sides. And America, even to the last second, you know, they it looked like they were almost going to win the game. But uh, they've been eliminated, and, and like Joel has mentioned, kind of ruined everybody's predictions as uh, as a final for America Cruz Azul. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's Pachuca now, and Pachuca beat Chivas too. So they're over here big in, beating the big teams. <laughs> yeah, they 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 beat out the the two historic teams. Um, yeah, but good good group Pachuca, man. I can say though about the, and I don't know you guys' perspective, but I was telling Ron in the chat that uh, like when Chivas lost, it was sort of like expected. Of course, they were lower on the table and stuff than America. There was no outrage. But when America loses, everyone, and maybe it's just like around a bunch of Chivistas, but uh, everyone is going off on America. On America, they're piling up on poor Ron. He's getting beat up and bullied. And uh, Oh yeah, of course. And, uh, and, and that's like what Ron would say before is like, if you go to America, if you're like an international dude or a Mexican dude, the pressure is on you to, to win. And some people can't handle it and they leave or they cry and, you know, they can't handle the pressure of being America. And that's something that Ron's always saying. And I know he's just joking, but like, that's the same thing with the fans, man. You're going to get railed and you're going to get like the phrase Chinfla Sumauser and all this stuff is going to come out uh, like crazy. And you just got to handle it. Just like the players have to handle all the all the heat, the fans are gonna—they're <laughs> gonna get made fun of this as well. So that's what poor Ron is going through. Well, Hopefully. when you when you are a big club like America, and you know your motto is "Odiame mas," you know you're going to get—you know—you're going to get grilled when when you end up flopping or failing. So it's just part. It just comes with the territory. And uh, it's it's very satisfying for all the other, you know, fans in the league to just pile on and, and you know, make it a bigger a bigger failure than it actually is. But let me ask you guys this. Uh, Santiago Solari, you know, coming in with his dreadlocks, you know, his long hair and, and uh, you know, coming from Real Madrid as his last team. And, you know, he, he's he's got this this great resume. He comes in and the team starts playing well. Would you consider this like a a fracaso, a failure for America? I don't. I don't. It's his first season, uh, and they're short seasons, and they just had a really great tournament where they were robbed of three points. Uh, and and then, you know, he didn't really lose. You know, we're seeing it was a draw, and so it was just, just the, the rules of the of the. Uh, of the Ligillas what took him out. So I don't I don't I don't see it as such. Um Oh, okay. You know, I I think they he had a very good first season and you know, I think Americanistas uh probably many are disappointed but 
I think they should be excited for what's to come, especially if they're able to bring in players, you know, he might ask or get some, some quality refuerzos. And that could be a scary team. So I, I think I heard they're getting rid of Gio, who probably takes a sizable salary cap. And so I, I still think there'll be a team to look out for next season. Um, I, I'm just, you know, curious to see who who they're going to get. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Like uh, the, the players also taken are, are huge. And I've heard some complaints about certain areas, certain players and spots are. So I think that's the big, that's more of a factor than coach. Um, I take more into consideration his general, the general table when it comes to America. And the uh, anything yeah. can happen. Even, uh, yeah. even to America yeah. or the bigger teams. It's, it's just a toss up. Sometimes it'll happen, you won't get through. But uh, what happened in the regular season? Oh, you kind of cut out there. Yeah, it's the whole thing about it's it's what makes it exciting at the same time. But then it's like like you said, it can reward some of these these like less than stellar teams. Uh, so like a mistake, not just from a player, it could be a mistake from the ref, you know. He could give a red card, um, or or a call a penalty or, or whatnot, and that that or, could cost a team. So, uh, so can you kind of playing devil's advocate here? Does does that mean that it is much harder to win a league in Liga Mekis because of the fact that? You know, nothing's guaranteed, nothing's given to you. You have to earn it every step of the way. It's like a triathlon, you know what I mean? You can be winning three-fourths of the of the, of the the race, but if you don't have that second win for the Ligia, then do you actually deserve silverware at the end of the season? You know, it's like, it's it's literally like do or die in this Ligia, and uh, the team that ends up winning this is uh, well-deserved of that, of that silverware. Uh, I'll say no, because um, when you're in Liguilla, you don't have to beat all the top teams, you know? It's like in the regular season, you might be competing with two to four teams for the title race, and it's teams that are doing good, and, and it's week, week in and week out, and um, and just trying to see who slips up and who doesn't. Um, or who's, who's scoring more goals in case you have that tight in points. And in Liguilla, you're not going to have to beat all the opponents because, you know, they're they're matched up. So you could end up avoiding a team that would have uh, probably beaten you. I see. And I think that that's, that's what makes it a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, you could end up with a team you match up well with. And then that. Styles make you know, fights. I mean, we see it in boxing, you know. You get a team that's very, very good at counterattacking versus a team that's super, super aggressive offensively. And, you know, you might end up falling on your ass because they're going to kill you with a counter. And, uh, I mean, Pachuca did a really good job against America. And, uh, 
sure, maybe they 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 shouldn't even had the opportunity to to be in this position, you know, to take a team in ninth place and and to be in a position where you could knock out a second, you know, seeded team. But that's why you got to play the games. Uh, Pachuca is in a semifinal, and they're gonna square up against Cruz Azul. <clears throat> and I want to I want to talk about oh, they're that. not gonna square. What's up? No square root. They're gonna square up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's another here's another thought though. Like say Brazil, how many World Cups has Brazil won? Five. Five. Like five, right? So that that's that's like a long season. You have five titles of the, the top tournament for national teams, and then you have one team perhaps that you know just wins one. So the better club is obviously the person who does better over a long span of time, which in like a, well, just say a short season or a long season or the the leader of the Tama General mm-hmm. demonstrates the better club overall over a long period of time. And that's what, that's the same thing like in the NBA when you have a series of seven. Yep. Yeah. To, uh, to advance. Yeah, that's what I, I we talked about, oh, man, you know, a long time ago here. At the cantina, how how much different it would be if if that's what Liguilla was like, you know, similar to NBA, a best that's a, a longer seven? series. Oh, that's too long. That'll be a lot. <laughs> that's too much. I would do that if it was only like four teams going to Liguilla, but yeah, that's too much. Like best out of three or whatever. But wait, but do you see bat? Do you watch basketball? I watch. Uh, I do watch the playoffs. I do watch baseball. And, but you know, but basketball you you don't but see baseball and basketball aren't the games longer? Yeah, the baseball game, games seems to be like ten hours, man. Ba- <laughs> baseball baseball games on average are about three hours. Basketball games are pretty long too. Um, yeah, I think see, soccer games. Yeah, but they have plenty of stop and go breaks. You know, with football, it's just forty five minutes, no break. You know, then another, you know, 15 minute break and then 45. So it's like, there's no timeouts. There's no, the time, the time keeps going. So it's, it's kind of hard to compare the formats. Um, Wait, but see, I can't, that's the thing. I can't, as well as some of those sports, I just can't be in TV for three hours. And yeah, an hour plus of that was just commercials and breaks. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd rather just have that 15 minute break and then it's, it's all action, man. Yeah, so, exactly. But who know, who um, knows, Jaime? I, I think some people might like it. Americans find football boring because they don't have that break where they can get some McDonald's or chips and you know, oh, they're going to have well, a you, cannot, you just overeat. They're going to have a timeout. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, you know, let me do this or you know, there's a very social aspect of like watching American sports. There's like you can have side conversations and like have the game going. Cause it's such a long game, you're not really gonna miss any action, you know. So it's it's just different. It's a different culture here. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Ligia this Ligia format is sustainable. Uh, we'll have to see who ends up winning this whole thing to see if the most consistent team gets rewarded. Uh, talking about consistency, let's talk about Toluca and Cruz Azul. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, all the teams, the lower seeded teams, won their first leg. So Toluca at home beat Cruz Azul 2 1. Alexis Canelo really having a great campaign with Toluca 
overall top goal scorer in the league. And uh, he scored in that one off a of PK. And then in the return leg, holy smokes. Alexis Canelo, 14 minutes in, scored, putting Cruz Azul uh, 3-1 in a global. But Cruz Azul scored, and it was uh, 3-2. Wait, you meant Toluca. Yeah, uh, what? You said putting Cruz Azul up. And oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I mixed it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, right. it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm confused here. And it was Cruz Azul who scored first in the, in the, in the return leg, making it, uh, 2 2 on aggregate. And then Toluca scored immediately after that, putting Toluca up 3 2. And then some controversial stuff. Uh, it got to the late, late minutes. I was actually watching this game, and you could feel the anxiety in the air. You could feel the tension in the air in El Azteca because Cruz Azul needed a score. And it was winding down, winding down, and it kind of started to feel like, oh, my God, here we go again, the Cruz Azulada. The memes are going to start coming in. Um, and then in the 80th minute, a very controversial PK. I don't agree with the call because the player, like, he fell like the way Robin fell with his hands up. Looked like he got shot in the back. And it looked like there was not much contact. It just looked like he dove. Uh, but the referee didn't even go to VAR. That was another thing that really upset me. They didn't even go to VAR. Uh, and Cabecita Rodriguez puts away the goal. And you could just feel the relief of the entire stadium and all the fans from Cruz Azul. And uh, they ended up getting a, a dagger at the very, very end with uh, Chaco Jimenez's kid scored in the 93rd minute. And uh, Cruz Azul uh, ended up getting getting the win, man. It was, yeah, his kid was the Mexican national. Yeah, but he's been he's been kind of snubbed from the from the team now, you know, like as far well, as he's the still young. He's, yeah, he's, you know, he's he's still young. He's he. I'm pretty sure he'll be there. So Cruz Azul lived to see another day, but they were very close from getting eliminated from a team that was uh, 10 places below them and 19 points below them. This almost happened. And I think that's the scary part. Yeah. Oof. (laughs) It's both, you know, exciting if you're... If you're a Toluca fan, uh, Cruz Azul, it's, it could be scary. Uh, yeah, I think the Mexico, the Mexican fan, they they they've embraced this system. But I, I would. It's entertaining. It is. It is. I'm, I'm not questioning that. Maybe I'm being nitpicky, but I, I would. I mean, consistency to me, I think that would that would. I think because because I feel it would change the mindset. You know, not just of the fans, but of like the teams, like the culture in general of mm-hmm. of, of wanting to have teams that are are really good throughout the season, and not just you know just get into Liguilla and then you could play good there. You know, it's sort of like don't do your homework, just kind of pass your midterms. Yeah, and you know, just get that passing grade, and then that we're cool. Just cruise, man. Okay. Just cruise. 
game. So, but it feels like that. I'm not saying the teams do that, but it, it yeah. just it certainly feels like that. And it just, uh, I, I think it's it's a big reason why, like teams are the way they are, where they're like complacent. And I see it with the, well, you know, like this kind of fuck it all attitude, and I see it with fans where there's like the team's going bad, and it's like God, just fire the coach or just bring in a new squad. I see. You know, and it's like, like you know, because expectation, it's like, if if you got to Ligia, then I, they they feel that you had already, you know, done well, like in a sense. It's just mind-boggling that a team in 11th position who has no business, like literally no business having any uh, uh, postseason opportunities. You know what I mean? Like if you think about it from any other league in the world, I'm, I'm looking at the Premier League right now, Austin Villa, right? 11th position, 49 points. Anybody in, in, in a normal circumstance would be like, this was a terrible season. This was embarrassing. We didn't even get to a Europa League spot. But, hey, guess what? We have an opportunity to win the title against Man City, who is, uh got almost 40 points more than us, had, had a perfect season. But we have a chance in a two-legged match to knock them out and get a chance at silverware. It's like, how? How is this even possible? And why? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Is it the money? Yeah. Is it the TV ratings? What is it? Why Why? Why do we they're, encourage they're this? TV, TV ratings, you said it. It's It literally is the TV ratings. I mean, and that's, that's pretty much why it was designed that way, you know, just, just to... For that, for that reason, because I mean, for a long time, that was pretty much the league was pretty much ran by by you know Televisa, the more influential. So that's and then Teve Azteca came in, and at one point they had like all these teams. Um, so yeah, it's it's it was all for TV, you know. I, I mean, it works, and that's the thing. You look at these these matches, you probably wouldn't even watched it if it was a regular season match. Like, ah, Toluca, America, like, all right, you know. Yeah, uh, and that's, like you said, and that's that's why it works. That's why it's, uh, you know, brilliant. Even if I don't, if I don't agree with it, uh, you know, props, man. It's, it gets the ratings, it gets the people watching. And it's, it's such a crazy swing of emotions because, like, for example... In that match where, you know, with Cruz Azul and, and Toluca tied um, in a global. If Toluca had scored a second goal, it's done. Se acabó. Like, they would have had more away goals than, than uh, Cruz Azul. And Cruz Azul w- would have needed to score, like, twice the amount of goals. So, like, it was very, very intense. Because they knew that <laughs> at any given moment, like this game could have been like completely over. And when you're watching that, it's it, it, when you know that like the stakes, it's it, it just turns the game that much more intense. You see a lot of players, you know, they get shaky. You see a lot of mistakes. You also just see teams just throw, you know, toda la carne al asador. Like they just boom, 
we're going all out. This is like live or die right now. So it just it just makes the games that much more entertaining. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, somebody in the comments right now, Ricardo. He says, well, Chivas is un... What? It's Chivas is what? Mierdedero de equipo? Maybe I said it wrong. Full of shit, I guess. Damn. Thank you. Yeah, it can be. It can be. It can be a team like that. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, I preaching yeah, I to the choir, cannot, Ricardo. We I we already cannot know. not disagree. <laughs> it's it's too many problems there. I, I can't even defend that. <laughs> hey, but it's my it's my mierda. Yeah. Metal, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's like when you fart. It's like your own brand. It's not gonna stick to you. <laughs> everyone else, it might reek, but um, I want to talk about. Our baby brother, Atlas. They've gone, uh, I think, what, 70 years without uh, silverware? And uh, it felt like in this kind of crazy, you know, tournament that maybe Atlas could could get into a semi. And they won their first game uh, against Puebla, 1-0. And then they went to El Gualtemo. In, in, in Puebla, and uh, again, it was getting down to like the last 20 minutes of the match. It seemed like Atlas were going to hold on to this one goal lead, and in the most painful way, Puebla put a cross in, and uh, Atlas' own defender put it in the back of the net, giving Puebla the advantage because uh, they were tied. 1-1 in a global, but since there was no away goal rule, sort of, uh, that canceled each other out. So the tiebreaker after that was who ended in the uh, highest uh, level in the in the table. So because Puebla ended up in third position, the draw goes to them, and they have gotten themselves into a semifinal. What is going on? You know, I think that team... Not much was expected, and they ended up, after the whole America fiasco, they ended up doing, they went on a pretty good run, and they ended up in, a, what was it, eighth or seventh? Uh, but they, they went to Liguilla, and, and um, they just they just matched up against a team that has that's been doing well, you know. Uh, but I think I think they're on the right track, you know, with, with Grupo Orlegi management. And uh, as much as I'm enjoying them, you know that they got they got out. I think uh, it's 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 good for the league and and even for Chivas. I think ultimately they're gonna they're gonna continue becoming more competitive. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, Grupo Legi, You know, they've shown they know what they're doing with Santos, and if they can reproduce that, which we you know something that we've seen with. Group of Pachuca, how Pachuca does well, and they manage Leon, and Leon also does well uh, to the point that they sort of compete against each other. And and I think it's going to be, you know, I think it could be very similar for for Grupo Orlegi with with both Santos and Atlas. 
Yeah, it's interesting because they both made Ligia. And uh, when I look at Atlas, they have uh, a few players that look promising. Um, they have this one guy from Argentina, Malcora. He was probably like their best player of the regular season. He's got the experience. He also has like a interesting haircut. And uh, there's this one kid. His name's uh, Jonathan Herrera. He's uh, he's a Mexican striker. He's 19 years old. And, uh, you know, they've been giving him a lot of opportunities this season. So, you know, it's a, it's a fun prospect to look at. And, you know, hopefully they can go back to their roots of uh, promoting from within and and having a strong academy again because they got to have something, you know, something going for them. They're not going to be winning silverware anytime soon, but, you know, they can at least contribute to the national team with finding gems in Guadalajara. Oh, I, and I think that's a that's a big reason that Orlegi, you know, that Orlegi took over them, I think, is to to expand on that because they've been doing a good job with Santos with their youth academy and whatnot. So I think I think that's in lines of that, you know. Absolutely. So Puebla are also in the semifinals, and they will be playing against. Santos. And that matchup was probably the closest one out of the bunch. You know, we're looking at Monterrey entered in fourth. Santos entered in fifth. Really not too much between the two teams. You have two great squads. And uh, Aguirre uh, being the only Mexican coach in Liguilla. Uh, they actually lost that first leg in Laguna 2-1. Eduardo Aguirre. That is a hot, hot name in Mexico right now. He's a young kid. He was starting to get linked to Chivas. Starting to is is very linked yeah. to Chivas, especially with Ormeño. I believe he just got bought by Grupo Pachuca. They might be sending him to León. Uh, Wait, so, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, man, you know, you gotta listen to the podcast, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, man. So, uh... yeah, Eduardo also Santiago Munoz. That's another prospect. He was part of the uh, Prolimpico team, and his name was so close to uh, Santiago Munez, the fictional character from Goal. That when he made his debut with Santos, uh, Newcastle tweeted out, and they're like, "Hey, that looks like a promising, you know, prospect." And, and everybody was like really confused, like, "Oh my god, is he gonna go to Newcastle?" I'm like, "No, dude, watch the movie Goal. It's like an inside joke." <laughs> but yeah, Santos, man, they have a really good team and uh, a really good goalkeeper. And they also uh, have a they also having a, a fellow. Uh compadre from uh former podcaster uh dan preciado oh Eva, yeah a delantero named edward preciado <laughs> and on the uh yeah he's a he's a forward for the yeah uh, that was a uh, pipiri pao right yeah. yes oh yeah shout out to pipiri pao also on the puebla side you guys remember uh 
former national team. I don't know how many he he was on the national team for maybe some friendlies and stuff. Um, George Corral. Not a, not a bad guy, but he's sort of like you know he was in the national team for a bit and he hasn't been for a long time, so it's like one of those older type of guys. Interesting. But yeah, he's one of the defenders for Puebla. And uh, George. Yeah, these, I mean, George. Is he? Uh, and George. Mexicano. Yeah, he was on the national team. Oh wow! Uh, he, uh, Wait, like a which few which times. the like the senior team or like the youth? No, not the senior team. I think for like just some friendlies. Uh, yeah, Corral made his debut for the Mexican national team in a friendly versus the United States 2015. I really don't remember him. There's a lot of people that suit up for the national team that don't deserve it, you know. <laughs> he, was, he was playing really well back in the day. At the time. Yeah, he did. He did deserve. He was playing really well oh, okay. at the time. And there was another guy, I think, who's sort of like came and went as well. I forget his name, but uh, there's 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 so many players that you know that they get called up just to just like the check, and then it doesn't pan out, and then they you know. But, well, uh, I, I sometimes it's yeah, it's not they pan out. They just probably lose out to the better players. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they suck. You know, they're just the other guy was just slightly better, or the coach ended up liking him more. But yeah, it's you'll see in a four-year cycle, there will be about eighty players that get called up. Yeah. Between moleros and tournaments and whatnot, cup and all that. Yeah, and I think about it like the squads is. Up to twenty players, you know, for like tournaments. Yeah. And then sometimes they do the camps where they call like close to thirty for like a training camp. Yeah, um, Carlos Acevedo is not getting the credit he deserves. He's a really solid goalkeeper. And you know, there's one thing about Mexico is we've never really had a problem in that area with goalkeeping. There's always somebody stepping up to the plate, and right now we just have a we're oversaturated with with good goalkeepers. But I think he deserves a call up, especially if we're calling up like you know Hugo Gonzalez, and he's like, come on, man, like this guy's younger, he he wants it more, and he deserves a shot. He's doing a great campaign with Santos. Uh, so yeah, Santos won the first leg two one at home. And in Monterrey, the Monterrey actually got off to a quick start with Maximiliano Mesa, scored, tied the game up 2-2 in a global, and it looked like it was steady, smooth sailing. Monterrey were going to go ahead with the tie break because they you know, were higher seated in the table. And Santos, at the very last minute, were in stoppage time, Ronaldo. Scored the goal and put Santos in the semifinals. Gentlemen, was this is this considered an upset? Mm. Chickies. I, I, I want to say I, it is. I want to say it is a little bit. I think it's an upset. If you look at the, if you look at the, like the names. Like I, I believe Santos has had bigger names in past clubs than they do now. Oh, hundred percent. Like a lot of the guys are sort of young. Achita. Like before they had, uh, <laughs> or not even not even that far back. Like just recently when they won their title, like a few years ago, they had like some big names. But well, uh, it's, Monterrey, it's, it's... 
Monterrey right now. Mon Monterrey right now has they got Hugo Gonzalez, Cesar Montes, Gallardo, Layun, Mesa, all these Funes Mori, Johnson, like all these these are like Carlos Rodriguez. All these guys are like top dudes, man, well known. Yeah. And uh and then uh you know some of these some of these Santos guys aren't like well you have Isihara, you have Orantia, they, they, there's some good guys as well, but not like to the they're to not the level. yeah. The the names yeah. don't really ring a bell as far as like, oh, these are like you know, players that have established themselves in Liga Mekis. These a lot of these guys are still trying to make a name for the sums, you know. Yeah, in terms of investment, it, it's obvious. It is. It is a fracaso uh, just because who they lost to. Uh, you know, Monterrey should have been favorites. Well, I mean, we're favorites, but they should have They should have been able to overcome Santos. Uh, just because, uh, you know, the, the not just the players, they also brought Javier Aguirre, you know, highest paid coach. So... Yeah, it's a lot of money that they have on that team. And and to lose to, you know, if they would have lost to, let's, Cruz Azul or America, then it's, it's you know, it's teams where they're more even. But to lose to Santos, who was like, like you say, it's sort of like in a rebuilding phase, maybe. They're just putting their squad together. It is, it, it does, it does leave that sour taste. The only uh, thing I would say is that Santos did do well in the regular season. Like overall, throughout the season, they came in fifth and Monterrey in fourth. So they're really close together. Close. They're only two yeah. points apart. So Santos did do well. So they, you know, in that aspect, you know, they're not they're not some some uh, schlub team there. No, no, Santos <laughs> hasn't been. Uh, and I was just talking about oh, yeah. how Grupo Legi has done a great job. And we've seen here how they normally... They'll, they'll build a team and they'll go a couple seasons where it's like they won't do so good, but then once they, they get it going, they'll compete for honors. And, and so, you know, it's like every three, four years where they're like making a final. Uh, I went back and I looked at the squad that won the that championship back in 2018 for Santos. I mean, they had squad, man. Jonathan Orozco was the goalkeeper. Uh, Jesus Angulo, Nestor Araujo, stud. Uh, Jorge Sanchez, who now plays for America. Uh, they had Dajini. And uh, they had... Dajini. Yeah. And yeah, Julio Furch, when he was, like, actually really good. Uh, I think he's still good. <laughs> yeah. He may not be at his best. No, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> they also had uh, Cabecita Rodriguez. You know, so it's like they had yeah, like they those, had those squad, two guys, man. yeah. Um, yeah, the genie, you mean the Jalmina or or another one? Janini, Janini. Oh, the genie, he's All from right. uh, Cabo Verde. I think that's the guy I was thinking of. Wasn't he like the, the one of the top scorers? And then, oh, yeah, left. dude, that guy he was told a... him, yep. Oh, don't forget, uh. Yeah, Janine. I can't say Janine. What am I thinking of some America the... player? Oh, they had Osvaldo uh -huh. Martinez as well. Yeah, Osvaldo Martinez, Torito. They had uh, Gallo the... Vasquez. Yeah. Don't forget the panda. The panda. What's that guy's name? Panda. He he, <laughs> he played for the Mexican national team as well. Who? Uh, the panda. Panda. But, uh, oh, I forget his nickname. 
Uh, he's, he, he scored one of the goals. He's like a Merc. He, he was an Argentinian guy from that naturalized. And he played for the Mexican national team, scored one goal. Like, in oh, I know. Oso Polar, not the Osa. Panda. And, and I, yeah, I was like, Oso Polar. I was like, with the Panda, I was like, what the? No, he wasn't on that team. I was forgetting my bears. Oso Polar. El Oso Polar, yeah. He wasn't on that team that won the championship, but yeah, obviously he played for Santos. No, yeah, was before. Yeah, was before. And Robert Ceboldi was the coach. Santos, man, they're doing really good. As far as scouting goes, I mean, if you look at this team from what, 2017, a lot of these players are in Europe now. Uh, Nestor Araujo, Gerardo Arteaga. Uh, he just became champion over there in Belgium, you know. A lot of these players are, it seems like they have really good scouts. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, they've done a good job. No, it's definitely bringing in players and all of that. So now that we know who our semifinalists are, we're looking at one side with Cruz Azul and Pachuca and Santos versus Puebla. Are we starting to get an idea of who's going to be champion or is this still kind of up in the air? Yeah, I'm just going to stick to my guns. I still think Cruz Azul... Cruz Azul is going to put an end to their curse. Uh, so I'm, I'm staying there. But, I mean, I do think just how it's shaped up, it does seem like it's up for grabs, you know? I'll be honest, man. I think that they've gone over their biggest hump, you know, with having that close call with uh, Toluca. And, and, America, and America's eliminated. And, and so America's eliminated. <laughs> They I don't think, have to play their coco. <laughs> I, I honestly think that they've gone over their, you know, the biggest obstacle. I do think that Pachuca should not be underestimated because of what they've done so far. I mean, scoring uh, five goals against America is not an easy task. Over the course of two legs, obviously, but still. And no le pesó la Azteca, you know? I mean, Pachuca are going to be right back at la Azteca to... To fight this thing. So I, I think if you're Pachuca. You're like hey you know what. <laughs> We're lucky to even be here. We had no chance of winning this. You know title. But here we are. We've upset you know two big teams. Chivas and America. Why not Why not go for the hat trick. And, and really make. Uh, make this a stink you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, Joel you think the Cruz will get through. Or do you think the the curse will haunt them in the semis? I think uh, we lost oh, yeah. him. What about you, Chiquis? I think I think I think Cruz Azul can get through. Actually, like with these lineups, I'm thinking more with my heart than with my head. I want Cruz Azul to get through. Ah. I, want Puebla, I want Puebla to get through and play against Cruz Azul, and then I want Cruz Azul to win it. Um, that's just, that's like what I want. What, what I think will happen. Uh, I think Cruz Azul is going to get through. I think, uh, Puebla and Santos is a toss up, but I think Santos is going to get through. And then I, I never, I never like assume with Cruz Azul, they could probably <laughs> lose to, they could lose to all three of these teams. 
<laughs> so anything could happen, but we'll see. I'd I'd love for them to win the title though. I'd love for Cruzoff to win the title. Oh, you guys want a happy ending, Disney Disney ending? Yeah. Uh, no, to me, I said it last podcast, not so much of the happy ending. I, I want the league with, with the most stronger teams possible. You know, not because it could turn, it could become, get to the point where it's like mainly the Monterrey, Monterrey teams, Monterrey, Rayados, Tigres. Um, so you want to see some of these teams that invest a lot, like Cruz Azul. Uh, and and even America continuing to do so. I was trying to find that last title that Santos won. They beat Toluca in the in the final, um, but I, I can't really think of any Santos Cruz Azul like finals or matchups. I don't know if that might be like the first time they're gonna play each other in a final. But I'm kind of thinking ahead here. I think that. I'm I'm going against Kosu, man, just for the laughs, man. I, I, I know that they're the best team in the league. I know that they had this huge, like, I don't know, ghost of the past and all these memes and stuff, and they don't want to continue to, like, make these happen. And, you know, if they had any chance of winning a final, this is it, man. You don't have the big boogeyman America there anymore, and this is accessible. You have an eighth seed team that you're going to match up against, and then, you know, Santos and Puebla, uh, it doesn't matter who you get. I mean, Cruz Azul have a much better squad. But you just never know, man, the, the mental midgery. You know, I think, like, they just, when it comes to these opportunities, they just, I don't know, man, it's in their head. But Mental munchkins, but, you know, munchkins can be brave and, and powerful, <laughs> as we've seen. <laughs> as we've seen in recent videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even definitely. that other that other video of uh, he's not a he's not a uh, he's not a dwarf or a munchkin, whatever you want to call it. But that remember that one guy? He's like got a beard, and people mess with him. He's like from Romania or Russia or something, and he'll always be like trying to fight people. He's like what really you mean, short. The Turkish, he's like yeah, the, the Turkish, Tur- the, the Turkish guy. Yeah, that dude, that dude is awesome, man. That guy will like mess you <laughs> up. Oh, uh, yeah. So Pachuca and Cruzul will score up on Wednesday, 6.30 p.m. That's Pacific. I have a feeling it's going to go down similar to uh, the American match. You know, I think Pachuca will will be productive at home, maybe get a goal or two. But obviously the key here and the name of the game is clean sheets. Not conceding away goals is how you win. So... If you're a Cruz Azul, you're going to try and score as many goals as possible, and that way you have a little bit of breathing room in the return leg. But I actually, I actually think Pachuca will go through and and uh, and beat Cruz Azul. As far as Santos and Puebla, I'm surprised that Puebla have gotten this far. To be honest, I know that they ended in third place, and I should give them more respect. Um, but if it's not for Ormeño kind of carrying this team. You know, this team is is pretty much done. Santos have way more weapons at their disposal. And I think that they can get through and and beat Puebla over the course of two legs. I know maybe Puebla might get them uh, at home. But I think Santos will do a really good job uh, on Thursday. 
and maybe do more than enough to to get the job done over the course of two legs. So I, I actually could see a, a Pachuca Santos final. What I actually think it'll be will probably be a Cruz Azul Santos final. Um, but yeah, those were my predictions. Oh, I agree. Same. Uh, I, I feel it's gonna go that way too. And if you're Puebla, hey, it's a successful season. You ended up in third place. You get to the semis. You overachieved. You know, they remind me of Pumas when you know they overachieved <laughs> last well, year. Well, I mean, this is this is the second, you know, their second season where they've been, you know, they maintain consistency. So uh, I don't know. They ended Did up in twelfth last season. So yeah, last season they ended up in twelfth, but they upset uh, Monterrey. But then, yeah, yeah. I mean. So this season has been much, much more consistent for them. Yeah, so that's the that's the semifinals for Ligia. Um, I don't know if we discussed what happened with Chivas as far as uh, them agreeing to extend Vucetich's contract. I don't know if that happened after we recorded, but... I will tell you this. I ordered the Chivas 115-year anniversary jersey, uh, and uh, it arrived the day that, you know, Este Pelas had that press conference and explained why he decided to extend Ustetich's contract, and I was just in a sour. I didn't even even want to wear it. I didn't even open the package. I'm like, you know what? I was just just upset, man, because here we go. You have an out. This is your opportunity to like, he can walk out the door, no harm, no foul. You know, you're not firing him. You're not dismissing him. He's not quitting. His contract expired and, you know, it didn't work out. But no, this guy doubles down. I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know if it's a a pride thing or I don't know if he's just clinically insane. But he decides to say, yeah, you know what? Let's do this another round. Let's do this for another year. Fuck it. I, you so did you listen to the presser he gave? I did, and I I just think he's full of bull. You think, but so basically, his the reason he gave was that they were going through the numbers, and they saw that, you know, that from the past, what is it, three, three years, so like five five seasons of all the coaches that came, Wuse has had the best uh, percentage as far as like games won and whatnot. And so it's like, why are you going to fire the guy that's out of like, how many coaches had it been? Like four or five? Uh, why are you going to sack the guy that's done the best? And so, but I mean, and it, so seriously, I, I same question I have to ask to you: Why, why would you sack that guy, who's who's doing, who's who's doing a pretty good job, as far as like or better job than than what was there before? I don't agree with the statistics. You can dress him up or dress him down to your advantage, however you like. Uh, I think that he has done an okay job. Like, yeah, he's had, like, 34 games. He's won almost half of those. Like, okay, you know, that's that's fair. 
Uh, I'm not really concerned about that. I'm more concerned about how does the team look and how is our attitude and how is our energy out there. And that's the part that doesn't convince me because this team is not playing the way that they should be playing and he's not utilizing the players correctly. He's got them out of position and, you know, he's trying to go for this whole like defensive team, but we're not very good defensively and we've been exposed on set pieces and a lot of mistakes defensively. So I just don't agree with his style of play and I don't, necessarily think that the players uh have his back or he has their back i think fernando tena was actually winning the the players over and the players were very upset when he got fired abruptly i don't think that this is the same attitude uh that people have towards vucetich i think he's just archaic in his ways and he he refuses to uh to adapt to this new the new way i mean the game's changed and there's players that are, they're kind of like hybrids. They're not necessarily your traditional left back. They're kind of like a left wing back. Well, I'm thinking of like, you know, Chicote and, and, and Canelo. Canelo, he, he can be all over the field. But I don't know, man. I just feel like this was a great opportunity. You have the summer to go out there and find someone that could do a better job. Not necessarily like the points wise and win percentage, but just style of play. That seems to be the most important for a lot of fans, uh, style of play. I don't... Uh, so I think at that point, you're more watching to be entertained, which they, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. So like on that sense, I get it why people don't like him. But I mean, we just can't ignore all the stuff that's going on in the league and just how much more difficult it is for Chivas to compete. So when we look at like the top coaches right now, for example, like like um, what what Tuca was earning and how the rumor was Chivas will go after Tuca, but then it's insane if you think Chivas could pay him what he was making at at, uh, at Tigres, uh, and then like to bring someone like like Vasco, and and it's like obviously they can't pay him what Monterrey is paying him. And then there's Piojo, and then it's like he's going to Tigres. Obviously, he's getting a fat check, and so you're seeing that Chivas right now. What about Nacho? They can't even they can't even go after those guys. But see, Nacho wants to go to Europe, and I feel it would have been the same. Nacho was already at Chivas, and the Chi hermanos complained the whole way. So it's like you don't deserve that guy <laughs> just just because he was allowed to work and he did well, but. He wants to go to Europe, so I, I think uh, his mind is set. Um, but but like I'm saying, the money's not there for a coach. And then we go to the players where you have a league that a few years back said, all right, no limit on, on extranjeros. So what all the teams did was they loaded up on foreigners. And then what, what, what was the, you know, cause and effect? So what was the, the effect of that? less Mexican players playing. So now it's like less for Chivas to choose from. Like if before they could snap up some guy that's not getting playing time, like sort of how when they got um, Moncho, you know, Ramon Morales, Mm -hmm. he was at Monterrey. They brought him as backup. They didn't know he was going to blow up. But, you know, you, you, you started to see less of that just because the teams just no longer have that 
you know, if, if there was like, if they, if, if a team brought three, three more extranjeros, that means th three less Mexicans that, that were going to, that are going to get playing time. So, I mean, for Chivas, that means if, once you add it up throughout the whole league, uh, then that's a, that's a big number of players that are no longer getting playing time and, and less options. Yeah, but so I feel we, that, that we should be team. those two things. We should be planting our own seeds, and we shouldn't be relying on other clubs. No, but I mean, you you still have to like because Chivas can. Even if you have the best cantera, you're not always gonna produce enough to, you know, to to fill up your whole squad. So, uh, sadly, Chivas does depend on on the league as a whole, even the second division. To produce players so that they could they could maintain relevant and, and become competitive. I mean, as long as they keep that Mexican only policy, uh, they would have to like switch it up and then be like, okay, we could we could bring in some Brazilians and Argentines. That's never to, gonna happen. To, well, if, I, yeah. So I mean, that's why it's it's they're dependent on on. I mean, because look 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 at the last look at the last um. Championship they had it was a lot of players from Grupo Pachuca, Pizarro, Gallito, um, Gulit Peña, all these dudes. That even well, Pulido was from Tigres, Cota. but you you had a big chunk that came from other teams, and and so I mean, and that's that's what ended up helping the team win. But so I mean, yeah, what would what would have happened if the, if they wouldn't have gotten those dudes? I mean that. Uh, the the odds of them winning, having that doblete season would have just plummeted. I don't think they would have. They would have gotten very far. So I yeah, I, that's why like that's why I'm saying I, I want like even not last I know they're rivals but it, it ultimately like when you have more teams working on youth then you 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 because cause, you know and there's another thing that happens a lot of times these guys will will snatch talent from each other. Here's the thing. On one point, I agree with and I applaud the front office allowing longevity and encouraging longevity. Um, I do like that. I do like that they're not doing the same thing over and over again. That's what Pelaz said. It's like, hey, we've done this thing where we have a short leash on coaches. We fire them. We hire them. We fire them. We hire them. So let's do the opposite. Let's give you know, continuity to this guy. It's just, they picked the wrong guy. You know, I would have been happy if they had a young guy or, you know, somebody that was maybe playing very, very aggressively offensively and just being exposed defensively. But the team looked exciting. The team looked fun and the players were happy and the players were, were starting to buy into the coach. And then, you know what? Like, I know the results aren't showing, but the progress is there and, we're going to give this guy a year extension. I could, I would love that. I would love that. But the reality is, is we're extending the contract of a coach that doesn't, he's not, he's not producing and is, and is very inconsistent. Well, I don't know, but see, look, this is the thing about like, cause you're saying if they play like an attacking style and then you said, even if they get exposed, but this is the thing, it's a short season and ultimately it's it's a business first, sports second. 
So, I mean, you're dependent on, on ratings, you're dependent on sponsorships and all these deals. It's very important for the team to make playoffs. So, and, and that's that's the thing. You could look ugly, but if you get, if if you're at least getting into that, you know, into that, that liguilla or even repechaje, then then at least you're you're. They could have done that with Micheliano. Yeah. They didn't need Vucetich. They could have gotten to well, the. I don't know. Yeah, there's twelve spots. That's all. That's all subjective, man. There's twelve there's, spots you know, in in Liga and Repechaje now. There's there's no way Chivas wouldn't have have made it with or without Vucetich. Hey, well, I mean, it's hard to tell, man. It's subjective. We could say <laughs> this, but but we really don't know unless it gets played off, you know. Uh, I want to go quickly to the comments because, oh boy, it's I don't know what it is about Chios, but it lights up the comments. We have Ricardo saying that. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait, where was it? Where was it? I concede that Vuce doesn't motivate the guys because they they are inconsistent. It's ridiculous. Um, and he's he's asking uh, uh, Chikis to call us out on our bulls. Saying that Chios oh, is, is a shit show with a broke owner and a mediocre, mediocre players. Damn. And check this out. He's saying that uh, they're keeping Busetich because they have no money to hire a new coach. Which that actually makes a lot of <laughs> a lot of sense to be honest. <laughs> Maybe we just don't have money to be spending on a new coach, and I'm okay with that if we use that money to buy players he, he, because. Busa gets a lot of hate, but his stats, he's one of the best coaches in the league. Was. And so, I mean, that's, was. No, man. man he's, he still is. He's been irrelevant you know, for five I, years. Querétaro was 2016. Well, I mean, he was at Querétaro. <laughs> yeah, but it's not easy, man. It's it's not. Well, I'm just going to finish this really quick, Chiquis. Yeah. Because like, like how you're saying how the game evolved, but see, then you're you're making it seem like Musa doesn't keep up with that stuff. Like he's going off of some outdated playbook. Like he's he has like a phone book still, you know, the yellow pages. He has a Rolodex. He's flipping through that, and it's like, nah, man. These these guys are always studying the game. They're always like, they they are on top of it, man. So I I think he just doesn't get credit. And I, I get his style might not be the best. But I think, uh, I think, I think, I don't think it matters what I think. But I, I, I just, I just, a lot of these attitudes are, are that seen over them, they're, I think they're misplaced. Let me, let me, this is something I just thought, like, on the chat, just chatting with Ricardo and stuff. <laughs> Shout out um, to Ricardo, he's he's cracking no, just, me up. Just, just just chatting with. Oh yeah, like he's he's got some good points sort of here. But I was just thinking, like Busetich, like you're saying that he doesn't. Uh, what did you say? He doesn't really. I don't know what you said, but he seems like his personality is not to the liking of the players. Absolutely, he seems like an old school dude, old school type of dude. He's sort of like dry and has no personality. Whereas when you see the 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 beloved. Matias Almeida and how all the Chivas fans and all the Chivas players, you know, flock to him even in San Jose. They love him with his He you had know, charisma. He's taking his picture yeah. with a goat. He's he's doing his theater for everyone to see and to like love him and adore him and and you know, making all these um like photo ops for people to to adore him and Busetich yeah. isn't like that. Busetich isn't going to play to your feelings. He isn't going to pat you on the back and say you're doing okay. He's going to say 
And it doesn't matter if you're a diva or if you're like a starter. He'll put you on the bench just like he did Ronaldinho. We mm. talked about that before. And and he's just going to do what is correct. And he's going to be quiet. He's going to be boring. He's going to be lame, if you want to call him that. Pecho Frio. What... Yeah, Pecho Frio. And, uh, no, how do you say Pecho Frio oh, means that oh, you... Okay, you... define Pecho Frio. Define Pecho Frio. Maybe not. Pecho Frio means, you know, when the coin gets tough, this guy's kind of... And I don't think he did, man. Look, yeah, he, he was at... at... He, you know, he was at that point where everyone was like, sack him, sack him. She was not doing anything. And he, he got the team to win like five, I don't know how many, four. He ended up going on a, on a run, and that Petrofrio wouldn't have done that, man. They they would have crashed hard. Every of those games would have been a wash. And then I would have said, you know what, this guy doesn't know. But the opposite he's, happened, man. He, he got them. Yeah, these, these Gen Z players nowadays, man. They want It's to be, different, man. They want their uh, sun kiss, and they want their slices. It's 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 different. She was she was one on a three game tear. It was it was Tijuana, Monterrey, and Atlas. Then they tied against Tigres. So and it's not like and it was Alexis Vega pulling these games out of his ass. Like he saved us <sighs> in that. Like, it was not because of oh Vucetich is a great coach. No, it was because we had a brilliant player that was literally carrying the team on his back and like finding ways for us to win because it it got to that it got to that point where. They said, "You know what? We're the ones playing on the pitch, and we're just gonna do whatever. Like we're just gonna do whatever it takes to win, because this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's, but see, then you're, he's you're taking out Macias. Macias is not doing. playing well, and it's just, dude, like it's bad. But uh, to say that, you know, that's that's like you're taking away responsibility from the players, you know, and 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 the other thing that we've talked about is just how the league." how leveled a lot of the teams are. You know, Chivas hasn't been a team where they're just whooping to everybody's ass, where, where they're winning just because of the stripes on the jersey. They're a team that can't even qualify to Liguilla, that if that if you go and look at the record on, uh, you know, for the past 20 years, the number of times they missed out is, is just embarrassing. Uh, I can't even, you can't really say they're grande because they haven't shown it. You know, they're, they're not... Santos, Pachuca, they've, they've been more, you know, they've been more um, consistent in, in just playoffs and all of that stuff. So I, I think the fans just overly expect them just because I think they're living off of the past, you know, the coast of Campionissimo, but it's it's way more harder than, than I think the fans realize uh, just how difficult it is for, for Chivas to field a competitive team. So he's saying if there is, but I think chances are they would they would just be getting their asses handed to them, you know. Chivas, if if they were to to try to be more more open, more attacking, especially with a squad like a limited squad, which is what what they have, in my opinion, right now. Yeah. Uh, really quick on the comments, they said uh, repechaje was invented because of Chivas. <laughs> no, what's up? come on, man. Wait, if you say no, then you're denying she was the grande. <laughs> no, because you know, you know what happened. Um, Chivas has never, they never finished. Voice of repechaje. I was thinking, I was thinking. Yeah, those extra four spots, man. You know, just to, just in case. Chivas, just in case. Chivas is the grande. And you we, need them in the league. And and that's what I'm saying. We unfortunately. 
we had to rely, we used it as a crutch this season. We wouldn't have been in Liguilla if it wasn't for Repechaje. We were, we ended well, up in ninth. A lot of teams, well, a lot of teams because they, like if you look at how often the the big four, you know, the the supposed big four are are in Liguilla, and it's it just hasn't been that that consistent, you know. All right. I'm, I'm talking Pumas here, Chiquis. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, let's throw Pumas into the mix, they're, you know? They're the, they're the other one of Grandes that haven't been pulling their weight. They're, they're, the, they're the Dollar Tree Grande, though, man. Second place. <laughs> they got second place last season. Um, Kind of switching gears here, this was a highly upvoted uh, comment on Reddit. I don't agree with it, but I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts. The final should only be one game. It's well, got to be in a neutral spot. Yeah, I would say neutral spot or maybe the team that, that won the season, that, that finished at top of the season. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't agree with it. This is not a Champions League, all right? You want you want Champions League well, it, it, format? It feels like it with the, with the playoffs. You know? I guess, but I've always liked the idea that you have the opportunity to play in front of your fans and have at least one game cool. there. Like, you earn that. You are the team in the final. And a lot yeah, of the times in the final when it's a one-and-done one, one and done thing, it could go to penalties. The teams play very defensively. They're just trying to, you know, drag it out. And, yeah. and, and, and then the team that really didn't deserve to win ends up winning and, you know, the fact that you were you beat a team over the course of 180 minutes, you got to play in their home, your home, no excuses. Like the best team clearly won. That's the way I feel about True. it. True. No, I, I agree. And and then just thinking how you, what you said about the fans, for a lot of fans, it's like they're not going to have that many opportunities to to go to a to attend a match where the team, their club is going to win the league. You know, it's it's not. You could go years, you know, waiting for that. So uh, yeah, you kind of rob, like, imagine rob the fans of that of that experience. Imagine Puebla makes the final, and then they got to play in like in a neutral field. Yeah, yeah. Fans, the when's the last time Puebla play? were in a final? Like nineties? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. I I don't even know. Yeah, neutral neutral is not La a good Puente idea. Was it when La Puente was coach? So like early nineties or eighty nine? What was it? Let's see honors. Uh, champions eighty nine ninety, runners up, ninety one ninety two. Yeah. So yeah, that was with La Puente. Long time ago. Uh, Damn. Copa Mekis 2015, you know, but still can't compare that to a... And, and that was with, with Quack, with El Gobe. <laughs> his last match, he, he retired. Well, they beat Chivas, and he took the cup home. I don't think they beat Chivas. Did they? They did. Oh, they did? The Copa, Copa oh, MX, they beat, they beat Chivas. Wow. And, uh, that was Cuauhtémoc's going away, man. 
He was still playing in 2015? It's like his last game. That one was like his last like, ah, official crazy. game. crazy. Yeah, you're right, man. That's crazy. He must have been like but 40 years old. It doesn't seem that long, but it's six years ago, man. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean. Time flies. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that, but, you know, people on Reddit don't know what the fuck they're talking about. You know, it's a bunch of... <laughs> Bunch of bo- a bunch of people that don't. Uh, you, ne- you never know, man. Someone might have a brilliant idea. Yeah. Um, no, in in one sense, it's kind of cool, but I, I I'm more of the romantic, and I, I agree with your takes. I, I do think in the the two legged is is you know can reward can especially without the whole away goal stuff can can reward the. the you know the better team, and yeah. and also giving both fans a chance to 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 experience that, man. That's that's also because I mean, fans are there for years and years, you know, cheering, and and then this opportunity comes up, and what they they gonna shake you down for more money? Yeah, because you know those those tickets become even more difficult to get when it's like you know, oh yeah, that's another thing too. And then you see where it's it's like, and then a bunch of those seats are. You know, get gifted to the to the sponsors and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You you don't even have fans of the teams watching. It's it's just other people that are just there because it's like like an event, like a thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I want to thank everyone in the YouTube comments tonight. Really lighting it up, Ricardo. Man, that guy's trolling us hard. But uh, you, do, <laughs> you know, sometimes you do need that. You know, you need that assault, you know, to really have open up the conversation even more. I'm like, you know what? Can we go with the repechaje thing? It's okay to laugh because, you know, this is a reality. You know, Chivas right now are, are in a it's, – it's struggle mode for them. I'm very curious to see what kind of do moves they do in the off offseason. Uh, I think today we were in the chat and uh, there's rumors about – uh, Fernando Beltran being used as trading chips. He might go to Pachuca. He might go to Necaxa. We're trying to get Eric Aguirre. We're trying to get um, the other Aguirre, Eduardo Aguirre from Santos. So, I mean, it, it it's very clear that, you know, Busetich does not have plans to use him. And it's a damn shame because he was a very exciting prospect. And uh, he's he's been erased from the team. Justin, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing, too. Uh, I mean, with Belaz having this press conference and, you know, extending this guy's contract for another year, it's very clear that they're going to stick by this guy regardless of the uh, the results. Like, I don't think that Chivas will fire him if they have, like, the worst season ever because they're going to stick by their guns and double down on this guy. You know, he says that he's the best coach in Mexico and all this and that. It's like, I don't think he's going to fire him. He's going to go down with the ship. So at this point, I guess, as fans, we kind of just have to accept it and just give support to the team instead of all this negativity, you know, because there's a lot of every time, you know, Chivas tweet and they're, you know, it's the score or whatever. It's all a bunch of negative comments. And it's like, you know what? At this point, we just have to just it's a tough pill to swallow, but we have to back this guy. 
No, look, and look, I'm, I'm going to go broken record here because I've been saying it at least for the last two or three podcasts of, of just how just very little room there is uh, to slip up in the league. Uh, and, and then for Chivas, just because how they ended, you know, they ended in, what, ninth? Two points from from 13th, but but six points from third place. That's two games, you know. That's like a two-game difference. So I do think if they could, if they could get Buse the players that he, you know, he needs, or or just overall bring in some players that that can deliver. Because we saw a couple guys that just, and I, I say it's open for debate whether it was Buse's tactics or the players just dropping form. Um, but if they if they could bring in, if they could. They, they're ultimately going to need players. You know, they could bring in two or three pretty good players. Uh, you know, there was a talk of Araujo, you know, which I, th- I think would bolster the defense. And so I do think Chivas, Chivas could, could at least be in playoffs. And at this point, they were already having a, a better consistency than the past, you know, the past three years. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, looking at the silver lining overall, if you look at this, like the two seasons and you kind of add them together, not bad. You get to semifinals and then this one was kind of bad. You know, you get eliminated uh, in the wild card round and it kind of just, you, you add those two results together and you get kind of a, of a mediocre season, but in the right direction because, you know, we had Cardoso, we had Tena and we were just not, we were going backwards and, you know, we were without... Leguia for such a long time, five seasons, you know, so it's, you know, we're, we're, we're slowly getting back into the right direction uh, with a few right signings. Maybe this can turn, you know, from, from, from dog shit to, I don't know, like coffee, you know, we're getting, we're getting to the caramel uh, color, maybe getting to a top six. But, you know, when it comes to Ligia, as we're seeing today, as we're seeing this unfold right now, all it takes is a team to get hot at the right time. They can end up winning some silverware and upsetting, uh, you know, the contenders. And and I do think that, you know, if Chivas can get some defense and maybe sell Macias, you know, cash in on him and, and uh, find somebody else to fill in his boots, I think that, you know, they could... They could become contenders. I think it's possible to happen in a season. You're not going to change the coach, so that's going to be consistent. Um, do some shuffling with the players and, and see what we can we can produce on the field. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have, you know, they have plans with the youth, uh, with what they're doing with Tapatio, and they got a few players there. So, I mean, I, I, they got some stuff working that... Um, so it's it's all just wait and see how it pans out. For sure. Well, boys and girls, I believe that's all we have for tonight. I do want to ask if we have any closing thoughts. Start with Cheekies. I know he's been diving in the comments section. I don't know if he's still with us. Um, I guess uh, shout out to Chicharito who's... Uh playing some Warzone right now on Twitch. So <laughs> if you, you want to... He deserves it. He, he, Chiquis, he, we've criticized him in the past, but... He's he, back, baby. He, he yeah. is he, back. He deserves to be 
he deserves to play all the Warzone he wants right now. <laughs> he has scored yet again. With seven goals in five games. To, seven what is it? goals. But don't get your is hopes five up. Five games or less than five? Uh, and they beat LAFC um, as well, like in this whole yeah, you, process. You asked me if he could do over 20. Remember I said it? I said yes, and, and, and yeah, I I know he can score twenty goals in this league because of the defense. It's pretty bad. It's really bad, and he's not gonna let those go, man. He's a poacher, and he knows how to be at the right place at the right time. It's it's the defense's fault for not grabbing his shirt or just you know obstructing his his view, man. They're just letting him walk in with the ball, so he's gonna continue to put him away. Uh, Wait, did. Did speaking of walking in with the ball, did the trophies did trophies get any highlights? La Chonkies, uh, San Jose. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think they lost their last game two zero to Portland. Uh, yeah. Um, we're losing. We're losing the chat. <laughs> like, there's like don't talk. Oh, I, I mean, how, how could we not? You have trophies. You have Vela Chicharo. You guys want us to ignore? Um, <laughs> I do. I do have something to say though. Don't get your hopes up with Chicharito because his numbers are not enough for Gerardo Martino. Uh, he has announced the team that will be in the Concac Champions. Uh, sorry, Concac Champions, oh, yeah, the yeah. Nations League, and he has been yeah, yeah. omitted. Yeah, we talked about last week. Not just him, but also JJ Mack. Um, the, the big rumor was that it's it's Macias. Somewhat of a diva, like his oh, demands. Uh, that, that was rumors, though. I'm, I'm gonna say it. those are rumors. Uh, take it for what it is. But Macias is colder than Ricardo's basement because I know that's where he lives in his mom's basement. Dang. Um, <laughs> yeah, I throw back at the at the comments. No, but um, my, uh, Tata Martino said that uh, now that he is in the MLS, he's obviously had a very good start. Uh, this is not an issue that anyone can ignore. We hope that he can continue his performance. I've spoken with Javier, and uh, I've traveled to L.A., and, uh, you know, he says that he's going to continue to do his job, and, you know, we'll consider it. But there was outlets saying that he's been banned from the team uh, because of, he was caught partying in New Jersey back in 2019. So there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors about him just being disciplined and being uh, kind of pushed aside from the national team because of of that. So there's that. There's always two sides to this, you know. I do think it's weird though that he's kind of been like pushed aside from the national team. I know he had a very bad season last year, but um, like not even like the social, you know, like the Twitter accounts. They're they're not even them. They haven't really given him uh, any recognition for, the, for what he's been doing lately. So I don't know, man. Is there? Does he have beef with the federation? I say I, I say just trust the coach. Trust the coach. All these fans and people don't have the insight. Don't know what they're talking about. They just have their opinions. The coach is the one who's got the authority, got the knowledge. <laughs> It's what I say about Busa, but Jaime don't want to believe me. <laughs> oh shoot! It happens worse with worse with Chivas fan. Our man Rigo, man, he's like one of the 
most critics of every single coach except Almeida. <laughs> and he gives like good details. He says like this guy shouldn't be here. He's not this type of player. This guy should is playing out of position. And all these things, like he's like a like a coach and stuff, and knows more than Buse uh, or Cardoxo or whoever. Yeah, and, um, and it's that's the thing. It's it's we see it and 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 we're seeing this is not like like you know fans are knowledgeable enough to know or to understand certain stuff, but like you said, Chiki's there's a lot of other info that we also don't know about. We don't know what's going on during the training sessions and whatnot. So I have no beef with uh, Chicharito not making any call up or or ooh. Macias or whoever. Like if the coach feels that way, then that's the way it is. Mm. Unless it unless it comes out that it's like some personal grudge or something dumb like that, then. So you're all for the tough love. I mean, it worked for uh, Chucky Lozano with Catuso, and look at how that relationship flourished after that. Yeah. And Chicharito is MLS. He's coming off a not so good season. So, I mean. Yeah, seven goals in the MLS is equivalent to like, what, three goals in Liga Mekis? <laughs> you have to factor in the, you got to put the, the MLS goals through the little uh, converter. You know, like, what does this mean in, in the rest of the world of football? Because it's a lot easier to score in the MLS than it is anywhere else in the world. Um. But I do think, though, beggars can't be choosers. You know what I mean? We do have a striker problem. I've, I've been saying this for a long time. Raul's out. We don't know when he's going to be back. Macias hasn't been living up to the hype. Uh, and that doesn't leave much left as far as strikers go. We're not calling up Funes Mori. We're not calling up Ormeño. We're going to have to rely on Henry Martin and uh, Pulido. And it's like, you know what? You have the top goal scorer of all time for Mexico. He's he's in rhythm. He's in form. It looks like he's taking this season very serious. Give him a call up. It's not going to hurt anybody. That's all I'm saying. Uh, closing thoughts. Ricardo had one. He says that Santos are going to win it all. All right. I like that take. Joel, you got any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? You guys, you guys pretty much covered it, covered it. I'm just saying that I'm going to stick with uh, Cruz Azul to to finally break their hex. If anybody the can curse, do it, the, the curse. it's Reynoso, the captain that won the 97 title the last time. I mean, if anyone can do it, it's it's that coach. If there was any time to do it, it's now. I think they're... Their opposition is accessible. I think they can get the job done. And at this point, it's on them. If they can't get the job done, they've had plenty of opportunities. But I want to thank everybody active in the YouTube comments tonight. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you to the uh, Liga MX community on Reddit. We've been uploading memes. I hope they've been enjoying them. I've been enjoying them. And, uh, you know, catch us next week. Hopefully by then we'll we'll have some semi uh, we'll have some some finalists. We'll see who was right in the predictions and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Bye everybody.